Hi folks and welcome back to the Small Axe Big Changes podcast series. My name is Mike Haynes. I am the founder of Global Acts of Unity. So what is this Small Axe Big Changes podcast series? It is a series exploring how faiths and people of faith are facing this corona crisis and how people of their faith are coming together to support each other and outreach into their local and national communities. My brother David was murdered by ISIS in September of 2014. He was a humanitarian worker. He was captured by ISIS and held for over 18 months before being murdered by them in a video that was played out for the world to see. His murder was an act of hatred. Global Acts of Unity and Small Acts Big Changes are about the rejection of that hatred and celebrating the kindness of people of all nations, all colours, all faiths, all cultures. Today we are talking with Rabbi Moshe Ruben, who is in Glasgow. Moshe. First of all, welcome to our podcast, and I hope you and yours are well. Thank you for the invitation. I feel honored to be, I've been asked to be on this podcast. Thank God they're all doing very well, and we are, yeah, we're all, the whole world is in the, are in midst of interesting times. We are that, we are that. So we're looking at how life has changed during lockdown. So... How has lockdown impacted you personally? Me personally, as my, you know, Moishi Rubin, um, not the community rabbi. On the one hand, you know, people going on about homeschooling, all of a sudden teachers having to, parents having to administer schooling at home. Well, we at home, we've been doing homeschooling for quite a few years for our children. So that has not been a major change for us. Unfortunately, I, my mom died in December. Over since then, I've been, my dad lives in Manchester with my sister and up to the lockdown, I would be going down every week, once a week to visit them and to be with my dad and just to spend time with him. And that has not happened since then. Mm -hmm. So that is a, you know, for me as part of my grieving for the loss of my mom, and I think for my dad as well, that has, you know, it's been hard. That has been hard for us for, as a family as well. We just had, in April, we had the Pesach Passover festival. Some of my children who live in America were planning to come with their children to celebrate with us. That didn't happen. Um, we had a few grandchildren over the last few months. And my, I went to see them in February, but my wife hadn't gone. The plan was that she was going to go. And I've saved money. So, you know, and also I think what's happened is even though we have the homeschooling at home and that has not meant that schooling hasn't been any different for my children, but I think there's a atmosphere, there's a mood everywhere of a a sort of tension and a sort of, a sort of lockdown, you know, you feel the lockdown and I'm also working other when I have to go out, but I'm not going to my office. So, you know, all together, there's a, there's a mood. There's a mood out there that is, feels restrictive and limited. 
and also maybe not so much anymore, but initially it was a fear. You know, what if this happens? If I get this, what's going to be? What's going to be with me, my family, my children? And, you know, your mind runs wild with it. I certainly understand about the, the, the loss of your mother. My, um, in my particular family, there's only my godmother left. Both my mom and dad died, and my godfather, my uncle, died in December, end of December as well. And we have that, we can't go and see her, we can't go and support her, so it's so difficult. How has your typical day of worship changed? The way we worship in our communities is we have three times a day we have services. We have morning services, afternoon services, and evening services. Now, on the one hand, services does not have to take place at a synagogue. It can take place anywhere. It can take place privately. Actually, it has to, it's about the person. A person has to do their prayers. Yeah. A person has their prayers. Now, what you gain out of doing it um, with a group. So in the Orthodox community, um, in order to say certain parts of the prayers, um, you need to have what we call a minyan. And that's a, 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 a group of 10 men. Right. Order to be able to say some of the prayers that we say daily. Now, okay. yeah. being that we cannot have groups getting together, so we've had to stop saying those prayers. Um, now that, it doesn't have to be a synagogue, it could be anywhere. Um, as if, you have ten, if you have a group of 10 men, you can say that. So, but you can't even have a group of 10 men at home. Yeah. Or, and initially, you know, even if there were, there was no the social distancing men, you stay in your house, I'll be in my house. And therefore it couldn't happen. My daughter lives in Israel. So what they've been doing is they all live, they live in apartments with, with, with porches. You know, so all that, everyone has been coming out to the porch right. and doing their prayers. And because they can all see each other, they were able to do these sort of prayers that we cannot do without a group of 10 men. Yeah. So you have, and the weather also lends itself to it because you have good weather there. So you have, well, yeah. <laughs> you know, but we are we here, we, we haven't had that. So, so first of all, that's the first thing. All these prayers that we say but require this, um, this group of 10, um, we are un, we're unable to say. And there's another aspect to, to, to our place of worship is that it's, it's also a place of, there's a social, there's a social sort of, sort of club. Mm. Now, many people have said to me over the years that, you know, people who would never go to synagogue, but they've started to go to synagogue after they've lost a loved one in order to say Kaddish. Then many of them have come over and said that, you know, we've really gained not only from the prayer part, but from the camaraderie and from the support, the interaction, and they felt it's helped them in the process of grieving. And I'm told, I'm, I know that all religions have the same thing, that it's not just about prayer. It's about social interaction, about being aware of your surroundings in order to be able to give and to share and, and to, you know, for positive things. So, and, and, and that, you know, one of the first things that I said when there was lockdown, they kept on referring to the words as, um, they kept on saying to, it was oh, isolation. Everyone should isolate. And I, I said, we put out to our community 
that we're not in isolation, we're just in quarantine. We're going to make sure that no one is isolated because, you know, quarantine is a requirement. And it's a, you know, but it doesn't mean that we've locked away, ourselves away from each other. And if anyone feels isolated, then to me, as a rabbi, to my community, and as a Jewish person, I feel I failed that person. So, you know, so that was, and that was the, that is what synagogue has always been there to make sure that we're not isolated. And what we have, what we're, the challenge now that we have as a community is to make sure that people do not feel isolated. I was speaking with a Buddhist lady the other day, and she was saying that they had um, the death and funeral of one of their members of their community in London. But actually attending the funeral was only two people of one household and about 1,400 other people from places around the world. That's right. Have you found the same with yours? I have to say, in my, all the challenges that we're having at the moment, the most difficult area I find is dealing with bereavement. In the Jewish tradition, what usually would happen is you'd have a person pass away and they'll go into a, like a, 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 into a week, a period of, 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 called, of mourning. So yeah. you'll have the death. The funeral would happen within 24 to 48 hours. And at the funeral, you might have um, 20 people, 100 people, 300 people. And then following that, you have a week of what's called shiva, where they stay home and people yeah. come in to visit them and they bring food and they share and they, you know people hug each other. It's very much, it's, and it's a very strong tradition. And everyone says they find it very beneficial as part of the process of grieving. All that had to stop. Yeah. You know, so you go to a funeral now where we, you know, we, you know that this person could have had hundreds of people there. And it's three, four people. We've had, we have funerals where because of the, the restrictions of traveling, children cannot come to the funeral of their parents. Masha, has anything surprised you about the way your faith community, your local community, has adapted to this crisis and supporting each other? You know, I, 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 always, I feel every community, every faith community, every community is a microcosm of the wider society. Wider society, who would have believed um, six months ago, nine months ago, when the Brexit issue was out there, we thought we were killing each other, tearing each other apart. A sport became watching um, Westminster on a Wednesday between our prime minister and, and, the, and the opposition leader. You know, it became a sport, right? Just to watch people tear each other apart. And... And then all of a sudden, this whole thing came, and society, it, like all of a sudden, a whole a type of a friendship, a unity, a, we're in this together, you know, came out. And the moment this whole thing happened, it, it's incredible how everyone all of a sudden overcame these challenges. And, you know, we've had volunteers, um, and Eileen, young, they're looking for drivers. These young kids who just finished school or just started driving, they're volunteering. They have people picking up prescriptions. They have a 24-hour um, phone line for people. Um, we've had, um, the, the, you know, the synagogue, just people volunteering to phone one another. 
it has been absolutely, absolutely eye-opening and very heartwarming. And to know that deep down, deep down, people want to be together. Yeah. Deep down, there is a real desire to, to want to share and have someone else to care for and someone else to care for you. It's made me realize, but what synagogue? And I assume church and mosque means to people. And I would say, you know, for parents, it's a school. You know, many parents, they might look at school as an occupational therapy, you know. Yeah, yeah. But if it's open and there's someone out there, it's not only because I can't cope, it's because I feel a sense of structure, normality. So, um, you know, and that has been, it just made me realize how important some of these institutions are, you know. Um, I've also found that the whole response to, to, I know we went out every Thursday for the, for the NHS, clapping for the NHS. I was clapping for key workers because yeah. I think for, for, they never got the clap. You know, all of a sudden we've realized that your policeman, your bin man, your, your, shelf, your shelf stacker, these oh, are, yeah. Yeah. are keeping the, the lorry drivers, they're keeping our country, you know, they're keeping it ticking over. They certainly are. They certainly are. Listen, we're never going to get to a time we're going to um, commensurate people according to what, how important they are to society. It's the fact of the way things are. But I hope that we come out of this realizing and that how everyone, everyone has a role to play. Everyone yeah. is important and everyone is, is, is giving and sharing and also how much we depend on one another. You know, Lord Sachs, Chief Rabbi Sachs, he had one of the, he, you know, he's the most powerful, amazing thinker. But he has, a, he, he, he has a beautiful thought about this concept of society interlocking and, and being one. We have a blessing that we say after our meals, that in the blessing there's a line that says, thank you God for all, your, all the deficiencies you've given me. <laughs> uh, that's obvious, how can we thank God for deficiencies, you know? And Lord Sachs gives the most amazing answer. He says that every single human being has something, a deficiency. But I'm lacking, you have. Yeah. And therefore, I have to come to you. Yeah. And, and vice versa, you have to come to me. So he says it's what keeps the society together. What keeps us all bonded. Because, because I need to come to my next door neighbor. Yeah. I need to come to that NHS worker. I need to come to that bin man. And, and, and they, in some way, I, I'm not sure what yet, they have to come to me. But it's yeah. what society, um, one, one hopefully working together. Now, sometimes we forget that. You know, we're talking about what's happening now around the world in America and all the, society forgets this. Yeah. We forget this. And I think what's been an eye-opener, and this is, it's just emphasized this message to me, that we really, really, world is dependent on one another. Some person in China eats a bat, right? If that's, I believe that. I don't believe in all the conspiracy theories. But someone somewhere eats a bat and the whole world is like come to its knees. Yeah. And, that work, and it, so it works the other way around. One person's positive action anywhere yeah. right, has a tremendous ripple effect elsewhere. We don't, really, we don't even know it. That's it, yeah, yeah. Certainly, in all the interviews that we have given, we have, you know, every faith has reported people, 
the expanding of their faith. And it's almost as if whilst we're in lockdown, we are restrained from what we can do. But in spirituality and in creativity, we are letting our minds go free. And certainly we, the, the, the way that people are sharing kindnesses, you know, that, that recognition of our key workers who before, yeah, thanks for your parcel, and then slam the door. Yeah. You know, uh, we have boxes of biscuits that we give out to key workers when they, when they come past, you know, uh, and it, it's quite wonderful. It's quite wonderful. You, know, you mentioned spirituality. I have to say one of the, everything has a silver lining. Uh, yep. One of the silver linings I find is that because, you know, when you, when you pray at synagogue, you have a time to, you have a time, you know, you can't keep people there forever. Yeah. So you start 7.30 after you finish by 8 o'clock, you know, people are rushing and, you know, I'm, including me, I have to go to this meeting, that meeting. Because we're living, as someone, as someone explained to me yesterday, we're living in a Sunday every day. <laughs> yes. I, I find myself I'm having more time to think about my prayers, mm. to connect with my prayers, and, and, to, and to, you know, try to understand a bit more of it. So actually, and, you know, I find that the last few months, I, I've, I've had a, a much more opportunities and chances and time to, to reconnect to many things that I just went along with. In my own community has really, I've been amazed how they've stepped up to the plate with so many different acts of kindness and caring and sharing. And I really hope, and I say this to my people, that we, we, we keep it going. Yeah, definitely. I have a full agreement with you, sir. You walk on the street and people are just, are just um, they are, everyone is nodding to each other. Yeah, yeah. What they say, we're all in this together. You know, it used yeah. to be the weather. Well, we know what the weather is. Now we know how, how are things going, you know? Yeah. So all these little things have really been very, very, you know, something special, really special to, um, for a helpful, very helpful for all of us who are, you know, we're all going through it. Some people more, some people less, but everyone is in the same boat. Um, so, and I think that answers your first question. As far as a message for the youth, I can only say what the message is to me. And that is, first of all, to never give up on the world. Never give up on the world. I think, I, as we, you know, I've been saying over and over again, I've been so just touched by how people, again, the caring and the sharing. And, you know, so many people, because I'm supposed to be saying this prayer for my mom and I can't say it, so many people have phoned me, sent me messages. It must be so hard for you, right? I think I don't give up on the world that we might... The world goes through its crisis, whether it's a whether it's a um, a Brexit crisis, or is it is it the crisis of 2008 with the economy, or we have every so often terrorism. And, and I know you experienced that in your own family. Whatever it is, the world is always crisis. There's always a crisis somewhere, right? Yeah. But don't give up on the on 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 the, on the, the deep down, um, you know, desire of people to do good right and to be good and also to always be one of those be a one of those who can be the givers right you know don't don't leave it up to someone else a mother said i met i met a, a, a parent yesterday 
and you know she has a her son her son must be now 20 20 years old now as he was growing up he was the youngest of the family um and you know everyone always did everything for him so you could have called and referred to him as a, as, as, as a spoiled kid or a lazy kid right and i met the mom yesterday and she says to me, you know my boy that's amazing how he just stepped up and he's become one of these volunteers and he's doing now I wouldn't have ever put his name down for that. Mm. But first of all, it just shows that people want to do and give, do and, give and share. And also what's been impressed, like he, this boy took a decision, I am not going to be the recipient, I'll be a giver, if I can. And I think that is a very important message. So don't give up on the world, and also always be on the giving, if you can. And you can always, there's always something to give, even if it's just a smile, or it's just a walking by in the street, how are you? It's always able, we're always able to, to give. We have seen the corona crisis that has, has no colour, has no faith. It strikes where and where, wherever it wants to. But we have also seen the kindness that, again, has no faith, has no colour, has no culture that is spreading across the world. So, folks, we are going to say shalom to Rabbi Moshe Ruben. Thank you very, very much for your time today. And I'm sure that your wise words will strike an accord with all our listeners, not just our youth. And thank you very much indeed. Shalom. Shalom, and thank you for the invitation. Everyone keep healthy, keep safe, and thank you.